Hello and welcome to the Rope Access and Climbing Podcast. This is your host, Mikey Stevenson, and today we're going to be talking with Dirk Dornbos about professional development and Rope's Edge, his company on rope protection. If this is your first time here, please subscribe. Also, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast, please don't forget to follow us. All right, so I guess uh, we'll start out with some introductions. Um, Who are you? What's your name? Uh, Where are you from? And what's your profession? What do you do? Yeah, Mikey, uh, thanks, man. Name is uh, Dirk Dornbos. Uh, I, uh, my profession is, you know, I'm kind of a, a rope access guy. I've been doing it for a number of years and um, uh, live in Cochrane, Alberta, kind of assessing around Western Canada for, for the IRATA system, uh, training uh, both Spratt and IRATA. Um, started doing rope access in 1999, 2000 over in the UK, lived there for a couple of years. Uh, came back to Canada and uh, started a small company and just been doing it ever since. Kind of bit bit passionate about what I do. I really enjoy it. So, so yeah, so that's kind of me. Awesome. Well, welcome. Um, so you are an IRATA in, uh, instructor and assessor, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in your um, assessments or as an assessor, you see different skill sets, um, different, sorry, different skill levels uh, among do- each level, level one, two, and three. Um, now, talking about professional development and stuff, do you think that professional development training um, is valuable in rope access? 100%, yeah. Um, you know, I like... Uh, you know, most rope access systems, you know, you know, you recertify every three years um, or, you know, and in between levels when you're leveling up, it's the onus is put on you for the most part um, <clears throat> to, to take on the mentoring from their upper levels, uh, to, to do the research and development yourself, uh, develop yourself as an individual in, in, in your profession. As far as required, you know, uh, professional development, I think, I think there's be about a lot of value in it. Uh, you know, where, where, uh, where it, where it lies as opposed as, as to who pays for that. I don't really know, but yeah, I think there's a ton of value in it. Um, between levels, you know, we recertify every three years. Uh, so what that means is basically, you know, you're essentially not doing any, any updating, any refresher, uh, any just re-familiarization of, of some of the skills that you learned uh, say two and a half years ago, um, and the last time you did it. So there's a long period of time in between there. Um, I think there's a lot of value in it. Some, some training number of companies, some, some Sprat and errata in the rope access community anyway, put out a lot of, uh, you know, they, they, they do these open gym nights, which are super good. Uh, but the truth of the matter, truth be told, most people, uh, most technicians, uh, don't take advantage of those things, except for, you know, guys like you, you or me, Mike, you know, we're a little bit of rope geeks. We really enjoy being on rope. Most people do, uh, if you're getting into this trade, um, but doing that, uh, CPD, that professional development on those open gym nights, lots of value because then you're refreshing, you're familiarizing yourself with, uh, with the work that you do. Uh, say you're two and a half years in, you're a brand new level three, uh, two and a half years ago. The last time you did a large re-anchor rescue, uh, a rope to rope rescue, uh, you know, passing knots, uh, is a very long time ago. That familiarization that those steps, that, that procedure might not be fresh in your brain, uh, like it would be if you're ongoing, uh, doing hands on rescues, uh, like you do in, in training and assessment. So yeah, I think there's a lot of value in it. There's definitely room for improvement there. Mm-hmm. 
do you think uh, professional development training in rope access um, would help out with the inconsistency between levels? I do. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by inconsistency between levels? Um, well, for an individual going from their one to two or two to three, um, I, as an instructor, found there is a very large inconsistency between each individual that comes through, depending on if the individual has a lot of mentoring or a lack thereof. Do you think this professional development, doing preparation courses per se, would better prepare somebody for that next level? Yeah, 100%. And, and currently, as we're kind of identifying here, the onus is almost primarily on the technician themselves. Uh, you or me or anybody recertifying or leveling up, it's up to us. Uh, I know you as a trainer, you've seen it a thousand times. You got guys and girls coming into the Monday morning and they're leveling up from one to two, two to three, or even recerting their three. And the last time they've done something is three years ago. Uh, or three years and two months because they're they're out of date or something like that. So a good amount of time when the requirement for the most part is to come in at the very least uh, with with a minimum knowledge and understanding of the level that you're at. Oftentimes, what happens we have people coming in on Monday morning. We got to redo uh, everything that that you know at a level two to become a level three. So that time is is burnt up. If there was some sort of a CPD, some sort of continued professional development program in place, these people would be forced to have that. Um, uh, you know, uh, but again, who pays for that? I don't really know. Um, so, yeah. Do you think that organizations should mandate def uh, this sort of training? Um, I know that the ACMG and the CAA and other organizations throughout the world uh, mandate it for their membership, but in rope access, this is not currently the case. Yeah. Um, it was told to me once a little while ago, uh, back on a, on an AGM or, you know, some conference and some of the things that we do in, in, in any, any organization, whether it's ACMG to IRATA to SPRAT or CAA, anything, it's, it's generally a small kick at the can as we learn as we evolve as an association. So <clears throat> I think it'll come, uh, even, even you and me have experienced, you know, the, the, uh, assessor instructor workshops that we're required to do annually. Uh, myself as an assessor, uh, currently, uh, there's a brand new requirement to do a CPD test annually. Now there wasn't before, and I've been doing this since 2014 as an assessor. So that's new, you know, so as we evolve as, as associations uh, and as we learn uh, about what's, what's best practice, what's, what's better, you know, uh, we, we generally implement these, these mandated requirements. So I think it's a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if we were to start putting stuff together now, not necessarily uh, excluding organizations, but, you know, people that have the, w the will to put this sort of stuff together, um, what are the type of discussions that you would like people to touch on um, or not necessarily people to touch on, but what kind of seminars would you like to see um, for technicians to take or options for them to take? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I mean, for, 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 you know, like we talked about it pr previously here a little bit, Mikey, and I think, you know, some really good points that you came up with, you know, like continuing professional developments is anything from, you know, uh, for the rope access world that you and I come from specifically anyway, uh, you know, continuing, you know, learning about tension lines, angles, uh, deflection, 
uh, setting knots, you know, those are all the monkey tricks about it all, you know, really, you know, kind of getting into the, the properly risk assessing edge management, uh, properly risking assess risk assessing or talking about, you know, which one to choose a soft or a hard piece of edge management, you know, remove, avoid, protect, which should, you know, there's so many talking points that we could really, uh, bring into uh these seminars uh or or you know just getting guys together getting guys and girls together on even these kind of things on zoom meetings uh it'd be, it'd be fantastic so uh it's endless really you know to 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 figure these things out to see what we could uh, discuss anything from the monkey tricks the rope tricks uh the practical uh skills uh to the theoretical skills and knowledge uh, that we've got to have as well yeah um being an instructor myself i know that uh, we run into complications with time. Time is a is something that's never on our side. We and especially for a level three, a brand new level three, where they have so much additional responsibility and understanding and risk assessing that they have to take on. Um, we just don't have enough time to do a thorough job of teaching all that information in a four day course or a five day course where these professional developments, um, you know, modules, if you will, would really help out and emphasize on specific topics that, you know, individuals would per se not have a lot of time during training to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would assist a lot. I mean, being organized on a course and having your syllabus laid out, uh, before you get in uh, to your course, you know, like, one of the things that I always fought for is level twos and threes are very similar between, you know, like a, a little bit different in, in risk management, uh, planning and management, uh, a few extra rescues for between twos and threes. But if we can run courses that are all twos and threes, we're kind of organized and we can generally get through the syllabus fairly efficiently. When you have mixed courses, I, I fully agree with you, Mikey. It's really hard to uh, get all of the instruction, all of the training in uh, to all, to all these different levels at the same time, because, yeah. you know, you're really speaking to a, a very crew of, of experience and, and, and where they want to get to. <clears throat> so imparting knowledge and being organized in the course is key, of course, but as you're well aware, but yeah, like a CPD, if these guys are coming into these courses a little bit more prepared, uh, with some preliminary, uh, knowledge, uh, key factor. Absolutely. One thing that I used to do, and I don't know if you ever did this, Mikey, but I started to kind of see a hole in the system. So I, I would preemptively email uh, the technicians that were coming into my course saying, if you're coming in to do your three, please be proficient at a level two. You must be, I don't want to waste time training you for level two stuff, which you already are on day one, because we need to be effective in that delivery of, of the, of the syllabus. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. Some preliminary CPD training. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that would definitely help. Yeah. Um, now, we did touch base a little bit, but just a little bit more fined, uh, refined question. But why do you think that there is this lack of professional development in this organization? Not sorry, not this organization, but in rope access uh, globally? Yeah, it just, you know, similar to the small kick at the can uh, thing that I gave you a little bit. I think I think we're just, it's just where we are right now. Mm hmm. Um, you know, it's just where we are. Uh, why, why there isn't, you know, we, we, you know, it has to be paid for, for one, uh, ownership, uh, uh, you know, like accountability, uh, is a lot to do with the mentorship and, and taking part on your own as a technician. It's your certification. The company doesn't own it. It's yours. 
Uh, so mandating that type of a thing is, it's a really hard uh, thing to identify. Yeah. Somebody's got to pay for it, you know, but similar to what I said earlier, as an assessor, I've got to do this thing annually now. As an instructor, you have to do, and it's paid for it. You have to have, you know, there's a fee of, of attached to it. So it's a small kick of can. That's, that's my, you know, I, that's why I think we're not there yet. We're just not there, but it's coming. You know, I believe that, you know, between, between levels, like we said a second ago, um, three years is a very long time to not be using skills because do the risk assessment, you know, uh, you know, the operations, the training member companies and the operating member companies are building their teams to, to facilitate uh, a, a project or a job. And they're building their teams uh, with capable personnel. Um, if you break that down, whether they're a welder level three, an inspector level three or whatever, but they're still running the project, can they still actually facilitate an attended rescue, uh, have the wits about them, you know, because some technicians have different abilities. All right. And if they haven't touched these skills and they were, they, they squeaked by, by the skin of their teeth on the assessment day anyway, uh, now take it three, you know, near three years later, can they still actually perform that, uh, skill? Um, having not, not even thought about it for three years. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of value in that. So, so who pays for it? Uh, small kick if you can. I think we're getting there. Hopefully, hopefully that happens soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, like conversations like this um, and reaching out to people and having talks and just trying to find where the flaws are to make solutions. Um, yeah. And, you know, if that means that we have to, you know, come together and start putting together seminars and putting on seminars to help people out. Um, I think that that go, uh, goes a long way um, in our industry because I feel that there is a lot of inconsistency between levels and between the individuals within their levels that I would like to see um, that inconsistency kind of balance itself. And I think that these sort of things can help that inconsistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you know, as well as I do, there, there is oil and gas pipe rack level threes. All right. There, you know, the, one of the requirements for the logbook, there needs to be a breadth of experience and that, and it's outlined in those words, a breadth of experience. And oftentimes it's just not the case, uh, you know, but they can still perform the skills uh, outlined in, in, you know, as required, but, uh, their, their breadth of experience, they're not going to be able to, the reality is they might not be able to go and jump on a wind turbine because they've been a pipe rack level three for a very long time or jump on a building and understand everything that all the nuances of doing building rope access, you know, it's, it's, it's a very different thing. So, um, yeah, yeah once again, you know, and, and that's what we find, you know, especially I like what you're doing here between the different associations and the different, you know, you're talking about climbing and just kind of rope, uh, rope work all together, whether it's in the mountains, uh, rope rescue or rope access, uh, you know, taking it upon yourself to get involved, uh, to educate, go, go do, uh, an artificial higher directional course, uh, with some of the U S outfits that are doing training all over the world, you know, just rope handling, rope knowledge all together, um, to, to further your career, to further your understanding of what, you're doing out there on rope because obviously you know we you know in the risk assessment the, the likelihood the severity could be huge but even even the outcome of the severity of, of any sort of potential incident that could happen on on a, on an industrial site it's just so low it's highly unlikely so 
at being, you know, for the most part, the industry is happy at being th at three years. Uh, but I think, you know, like with further understanding, uh, we, we could be, yeah, we could be doing, we could be doing better. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so moving on from the professional development side of the conversation here, um, and I guess it'll lead into this a little bit more, but um, you are a the founder and developer of Rope's Edge, correct? Yeah, that's me, yeah. <laughs> that, that's you. Awesome. Um, now, with this, what uh, made you start or kind of dive into the industry of rope protection and and, and develop this you know it was kind of from an end user perspective you know like I, i've been doing rope access i have been active in in the field for a good long time i'm uh, mostly doing my own small projects in and around the the city in the bull valley uh i i've been you know before that 15 years of you know a lot of oil and gas uh, pulp and paper i just kind of you know from, from an end user's perspective from the guy i'm 47 years old you know, grading and, you know, a lot of these things are just, they're heavy, they're bulky, they're hard to use, they need tools. Uh, I just wanted, as an end user, a more uh, seamless, streamlined, highly effective piece of equipment um, to use. And, you know, like, that's kind of what started it ultimately as an end user. Uh, but the, the other thing that I wanted to kind of change about the way a lot of technicians think about edge management is just to kind of dive into the conversation of what's actually happening with the rope itself, you know, like, um, you know, is the piece of equipment going to slip on you once you install it and, and move away? Is it installed right. properly? Uh, do I need to carry up a tool uh, to install this nuts and bolts type of edge management system, whatever it is. Um, so I, I just, I don't know, you know, I just saw a hole in the, in the, in the market. And I, I just, I just, I, I felt like I could do it better. Uh, so, so that's kind of what spurred it on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, myself, I've used them. Um, I've been fortunate enough to get my hands on a set, um, of both the grading edge, uh, grading edge protector and the tow board edge protector, um, use them both in the field and I can't say enough about them. They're awesome. Um, and, now on the site that I have been part of working for the last little over a year, um, there's not a lot of grading. So when I do have the opportunity to use them, I definitely do bring them out to kind of, you know, do a little bit of an educational moment for the technicians that have never seen them before, never used them. Um, but it definitely fills that gap and it's, they're lightweight, they're easy to use. Um, and they're toolless like that's a huge part and like you use other uh, other different types of grading protectors and they're big bulky heavy they're you know they need tools um they're usually not the easiest to transport either um so these definitely kind of nip all those issues in a butt in the butt and i muchly appreciate what you've done so far yeah well thanks for saying so mike yeah i mean you know and you know, if, you, if you're taking the time, you know, and that's mentorship, isn't it? Whether whether you're promoting or, or saying, hey, this one's great or or just, you know, you're taking the time to work with your twos and threes or your ones and twos and identify what's soft edge management. You know, what could be smoke and mirrors over a sharp edge or perfectly suitable for a rounded edge um, or, 
you know, what's just, just to, to take the time to mentor and, and have that discussion with your, your other uh, technicians on site. That's wicked, man. That's, that's mentoring. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a good conversation to be having, but uh, yeah. And you know, that's, that's a big part of what I thought about this stuff too. Thinking about the, you know, what's actually going on, you know, at the point of entry, what's actually going on. Uh, you know, if you're using something else uh, to go to go through, is, is there real rope protection here, or is it kind of smoke and mirrors? You know, uh, yeah. are we using are, are the riggers, the people rigging these ropes, are they using it uh, properly? Is is rig for rescue an option? Uh, you know, so many different things to really start to think about. But yeah, yeah, that mentorship, I, I think that's great, Mikey. That mentorship is huge huge um and it's something that really is lacking in our industry that we speaking because what happens you know we go to work you know right. we can't really we can't really uh take time to to do training or rescues on site uh yeah. you know we, we should be mentoring and rigging with our ones and twos anyway but where, where that happens uh but we can't take long periods of time because we're, we're there for a project right so yeah Absolutely. Um, yeah, we can't spend a whole lot of time mentoring, but we definitely, when we have the opportunities, um, it's definitely something that we have to str strive to do more of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now, you have technical data sheets on your products, both your grading protection and your tow board protector. Where would people be able to find these? uh technical notices say say they're working for a company and they found them in the toolbox and they're like hey these look really cool but i don't know anything about them what what can uh people do how can they outsource the technical notice if it's not attached directly to the uh the object yeah good question actually it's a really good one we didn't speak about that earlier so that's i'm glad you're adding that in there uh the the rope ropesedge.ca can we see it here it's um briefly yeah so yeah. ropesedge.ca uh, is where you can find those. Uh, you could also go to access-anywhere.ca and get the technical data sheets for either, uh, from either of the websites. And, and you can also purchase on both websites still at this moment. moment. But yeah, ropesedge.ca, uh, technical notice, and uh, read them. Please read them. <laughs> How important is it to for uh, new technicians to read these technical notices? It seems like a pretty easy device to use, um, but, you know, leaving the smoke some uh, smoke and mirrors to the side actually how important is it to you know sit down and actually read it and uh thoroughly understand these technical notices yeah i'll uh, i'll be totally frank with you mikey it's it's imperative um you know there's so many different things all this is you know there, there's there's nothing overly complicated about about the device it's it's quite literally uh a chunk of plastic that happens to be engineered um it creates a, a three times bend radius edge. It has a hundred percent locking mechanism. Uh, you know, it gives you a little accessory cord for carrying, but point being is that it's imperative. You know, you, you read, you read your descent device, uh, m uh, manufacturer specs, you read your, your rope, your harness, all of the specifications. This, this is nothing like it's, it's not a, it's not a rated piece of a device. It doesn't, it doesn't have CSA, ANSI, uh, any of these things, but it's, it still needs to be used properly. So understanding how your gear works, it's imperative. So yeah, it's very important. Especially us working in a unique environment, um, Canada specifically, right? We, we have temperature, uh, differences of 80, 90 degrees going from, you know, 40 degrees Celsius to minus 50 degrees 
uh, Celsius um, up north. So um, knowing and understanding the uh, strengths, weaknesses, and limitations of each piece of equipment that is currently on your harness is, I believe, very, um, very important. Crucial, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, if, you're not, if you have a piece of gear in your harness that you kind of sort of think is cool and you kind of sort of mostly know how it works, but then you use it in an application that isn't really suitable, uh, you know, uh, backup devices with shock absorbing lanyards, there are certain, uh, you know, requirements for use uh, or limitations of use, actually. If you don't use it properly, you're not fully uh, understanding of what's going to happen in the event of an error or uh, a misuse. So yeah, full understanding is it's imperative. One of the things, if I could add here, is absolutely the full with with this one. You know, this one's very easy to, to install, but if you if you install it on uh, on the wrong side of the grating that you intend to pull, um, you could in inadvertently slide the device. Right. right. Okay. If if you install it leaning up against something, you have a combination of, of strength of the, the device, strength of the grating. Inspection's already been done on the grating, right? So so having a very clear understanding of how it's designed to be used, you've got to be, you know, you got to be doing that. Yeah, you got to be assessing that risk of the potential misuse of the equipment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, you've spent a lot of time looking at investigating, um, doing your research on rope protection um, to get to where you are today. Um, and then, you know, going to the depths of making technical data sheets for your, your devices. Mm -hmm. Is a rope seminar something that you would be interested in doing, doing a seminar on rope protection in the future? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, again, you know, Mikey, to, to just spread the knowledge and information, you know, like, and, and even to be corrected, you know, I might, I might, you know, I'm not going to have all the answers, you know, other people are going to, you know, to, to bring a, a collective audience into a room or a, or a zoom call, you know, we can bring people together right now to bring everybody into these uh, conversations. That's how we expand the knowledge. That's how we uh, develop the knowledge. And that's how we, we kick the can a little bit further down the hallway. Right. Right. So yeah, Mikey, if, if uh, seminars come up, yeah, I'd be more than happy to be involved. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you've spent a, a, an excessive amount of time understanding and learning what you've learned today to develop the de devices that you have. So understanding, you know, what is actually smoke and mirrors and what is actually effective rope protection in different circumstances, I suspect. So, um, yeah, that would be awesome to kind of have something put together to, you know, move forward and maybe make a, a seminar out of it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it, man. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to chat about, or no? Anything I think you need to good, touch base on. Appreciate that you're doing this. Podcasts are a way to go. Everybody's going to be sitting on their phones these days and putter, puttering around the house, you know, doing some different things. So nice work on what you're doing. Keep Thank it up. You. Uh, you know, I look forward to hearing um, you know more more of the same and different conversations and just expanding that 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 community expanding yeah. the conversation and just keeping it going so uh yeah so yeah so nice work i appreciate it thanks for thank having you. me on as well yeah thank you very much for taking the time to do this um i think this professional development conversation um is is far from over i think that this is uh only a start to what we could kind of you know fester 
if you will, um, with this topic. Um, just because it, it's something that it, for me is very important and I really want to see what uh, everyone else's perspective is. And by, you know, meeting up with you and chatting with you and other individuals and just trying to get their perspective and what would be, you know, a valuable topic to, you know, put together stuff, I think it would be um, very helpful. So, yeah, like again, like I said, again, thank you very much for your time. Um, before we get going, though, uh, where can people track you down? Where can people find you? Uh, ropesedge.ca, uh, just info at ropesedge.ca. Uh, you guys can find me on, you know, Ropes Edge uh, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're, we're there. LinkedIn as well. You can find me there. Um, but uh, yeah, just more, you know, get, get, you know, I, I, we'll post these things, Mikey, and just, I implore everybody to just engage in the conversation, whether it's online or, you know, just calling me up, give me a call. I'm happy to talk about rope access or edge management or, you know, a project that you're working on, um, you know, that you have some issues with and you're just not really sure how to move forward with it. So yeah, feel free to, to get at me. Uh, the company phone number is on all of those platforms as well. So yeah, anytime. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. And I look forward to doing this again with you. Yeah, me too, Mikey. Take care, man. Have a great day. Cheers. Bye. Well, Dirk, thank you very much for chatting to us today about your company and your perspective on professional development. I think this topic is extremely important because we have a massive inconsistency between levels and between the people within those levels. I think professional development is something that we can use to better suit our industry and narrow that gap. If you think professional development in the rope access industry is important, please comment below. Let me know what you think. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to follow Rope's Edge on Facebook and Instagram. Please like and subscribe if you like this edition of the Rope Access and Climbing Podcast. I have plenty more episodes coming your way over the next few weeks, so stay tuned.